You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in business into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, everyone. It's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be. Ishtar, a bearded goddess of sex and war from ancient Mesopotamia. She was hot-tempered with a lust for conquest, and her priestesses were transgender. Oya, Yoruba goddess of the wind, storms, lightning, tornadoes, thunder, commerce, and war. She rules the destruction that comes before positive change. Atalanta, fleet-footed huntress and heroine of ancient Greece who joined the Argonauts. She helped slay the Caledonian boar and refused to marry any man who couldn't beat her in a foot race. She also became a PDA lion. Eats Papa Lotl, a skeletal warrior goddess of the Aztec pantheon, sometimes depicted with butterfly wings lined with obsidian knives. This episode is part of our Women of Myth series, where we interview podcasters, authors, scholars, and more about the amazing women of world mythology. It's based on our book of the same name, Women of Myth, illustrated by the amazing Sarah Richard. It's available for pre-order wherever books are sold, or go to ancienthistoryfangirl.com to find links to a bookstore near you. The figure starts to crouch and kind of like crawl towards me. No, 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 no. I'm Jenny Williamson. And I'm Jen McMenemy. And this is Ancient History Fangirl. Today, we are so thrilled to welcome to the show Nikki and Kalai from the Creepy Conversations podcast. Hello. Hi, guys. Hi. <laughs> You're so excited. I'm so psyched to talk about this stuff. I'm, I'm just, I was writing up the questions and I was just like, I cannot wait. This is going to be amazing. Me too. So hailing from the Philippines and Singapore, they cover all things creepy from Southeast Asian countries, including monsters, ghost stories, true crime, serial killers, and more. Welcome! Hi guys! Thanks so much for having us. We are so excited to be here. I'm Nikki. I'm the one from Singapore. <laughs> and I'm Kalai. I'm the one from the Philippines. <laughs> Hello! This is actually not the biggest time difference we've ever done because we've recorded people from Australia, but it is pretty close. I think, wait, is is Australia bigger in time difference-wise? Is it like 12 hours? You know what? I don't even know the answer to that question. Never mind. <laughs> it was, I think the answer was where they were in Australia versus me in the UK. Jen wound up waking up at four in the morning. <laughs> 
I did. <laughs> Whereas it is not, it is, it is a respectable two o'clock in the afternoon for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's a respectable time. <laughs> anyway, um, so tell us a little bit about yourselves and your podcast. Um, what drew you to the stories that you cover and what made you want to do a podcast on it? Kalai, would you want to answer that question? Sure. <laughs> um, so we've actually known each other since high school and we've been into paranormal and true crime. Like that's like the thing that bonded us. And then we wanted to start a podcast because of Neil Gaiman. And like you guys, you guys were also inspired by my favorite murder, if I'm, if I'm correct. Yeah. So we were too. I was. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was Dan Carlin, but yeah. <laughs> For Jenny, it was Dan Carlin in the history of Rome. But you know, I'm. I'm unabashedly true crime. <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of the same for us. Like for Neil Gaiman, because he mentioned that he loves Filipino mythology. And we were like, yeah, us too. And then like he was like encouraging Filipinos to like talk more about it. So we decided to start it. And then like for my favorite murder, like two women hosting a podcast about true crime. So we were like, yeah, let's mix that together. <laughs> and yeah, um, we're, we have to be careful right now because we actually swear a lot. It's like word vomit. We can't control it. So welcome to our fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you are more than welcome to drop whatever bombs you need to. Love that. <laughs> we're so fucking glad you guys are here. <laughs> That's good to hear. I love that. Yeah, we were actually very worried about that earlier. We were like, oh, I think we should tell them that, oh, by the way, this is like word vomit to us. This is our vocabulary and we're not really sure if you guys are okay with it. <laughs> we, we've we had like so many guests come on and say like, oh my gosh, can I say this on the podcast? And like, and it's it's like dirtier than swearing, you know? And we're like, yes, you can, please. <laughs> That's great. Because <laughs> we can't control it. <laughs> We would love it if you would just vomit some words. <laughs> <laughs> love that. If our listeners aren't okay with it, they, they can switch off, but they get this quite a lot from us. Jen's infamous <laughs> suck and fuck vampires joke, I think. that's. <laughs> yeah, people are used to it. <laughs> suck and fuck vampires. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not fucking NPR, ladies. <laughs> that's when I, I was officially like, well, I guess this is who we are now. <laughs> Same. Um. Anyway, yeah, sorry. <laughs> Let's just get right into the creepy shit. So we we want you guys to just creep us right the fuck out. We're excited. Who is your favorite creepy female or femme monster from Southeast Asian mythology that you've covered and why? Um, I would like to go patriotic on this and say the Mananangal. I was so afraid of these guys as a kid to the point where I wouldn't even want to sleep near a window because I felt like they were like gonna, I don't know, they were gonna eat me or whatever. And they're actually dubbed as the Filipino vampire, but I feel like that's an understatement because they do more than just, like, eat people. There's actually, like, a ritual of how you become one and how you transform into this kind of monster. So it's such a stark contrast to what a vampire is, wherein they just bite you and you either die or you turn into one of them. With the Mananangal, if they prey on you, you're dead meat, basically. Ooh, tell me more. How, do, how does the process work? So um, with the Mananangal, if they want to turn you, 
they actually give you this orb that contains a curse. And you eat that and you turn into one of them. On top of this, you're also given some sort of potion. We call it lana, which is like a coconut oil mixed with herbs and a few incantations. Ooh, sounds like a good face cream too. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't want that because it like stinks so bad. Oh, never mind. <laughs> they use this to kind of like rub it in their bellies so that their torsos can detach from their lower halves. What? Yeah, it's insane. It's insane. So once they've severed their torsos, they grow bat-like wings, and they've got, like, their entrails, like, just hanging down, and they fly across looking for food. Wait, can I just get... Wait, I just need to get my head around the description. So they're sort of humanoid from the torso up with bat wings, and then their entrails are just, like, kind of dragging down like streamers. Hanging down. Just hanging there. Yeah. <laughs> You've got, like, the lower half just standing there, and the torso is, <laughs> honestly, and the torso is just, like, flying around looking for food. And their favorite food is usually a fetus. Same. <laughs> and what they do is they um <laughs> they attack <laughs> like sleeping pregnant women so they use their tubular tongues to suck out the fetus from the umbilical cords wow do they ever attach back to their legs or no those legs are just done yeah they <laughs> so so the thing is in the morning they're humans they're like day walkers so they have to make sure that before daylight comes, they reattach to their lower halves or else they die. Okay, so they're they're fetus vampires. <laughs> you can say that, but I mean, like, they eat whatever. It's just that their preference is fetus. But they're not that picky. <laughs> they're not picky at all. <laughs> it depends on what's on the menu. I mean, like, if fetus is on the menu, why not, right? <laughs> I mean, look, if a fetus is on the menu, I'm going to go for it. That's the thought process. <laughs> Do they need like an invitation to come into your house or they just no rules, bar no holes bars. They can go wherever they want. No, there's no hold. Like, that's why we were so afraid to sleep beside a window because it's like, oh, my God, they can just like come. They don't even need to get in your house because their tongues extend. It elongates. So it's like a mosquito thing. Probiscus. A proboscis, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it's their tongue. When they're day walkers, do you know when one is approaching you? No. So that's the thing. They're like full on human. But at night, there's this thing. They make a sound and they say that if it sounds far, then they're actually near. But if it sounds close and loud, then that's when they're far. And that's how they kind of like reel in their prey because you get kind of like complacent like, oh, it's it sounds far away, so I'm good. But apparently it's near. That's a mind fuck. There is a way to tell that there there's like a, a mananangal near if if you're a mankukulam, which is what we call the witches in our country. So they will provide you with the... An oil similar to the oil that the Mananangal uses, but it's like one-fourth of the bottle, and if that boils, it means that there's a Mananangal near you. 
So that's like a way to tell them that there's something there. Is there any way to ward off the proboscis? Yeah, so I guess that's why they say that it's like a vampire, because then if you have like salt or garlic within the vicinity, then, then they can't come near you. And the tail of the stingray, too, they, they're scared of that, too. Like, even just the sound of the tail of the stingray, if you whip it, they're already, like, <laughs> scared. <laughs> Oh, I just remembered one more thing. They're also, they don't like when you curse at them. Oh, we're set. We're set. <laughs> oh, well, we're fine then. <laughs> For some reason. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is why they curse on the podcast. It's I mean, all about me. vampire protection. <laughs> so you just curse and they're like, okay, I can't come near you guys. Yes. <laughs> if you're worried at night, play us at night as you go to sleep. You'll be protected. Yeah. <laughs> Um, except that it's the head that's severed off, but it's the same concept that it flies around with its entrails just hanging off there. Even their spine is, like, hanging. And then I think the history of the Manenangal, how it became a torso, was when the Philippines was colonialized. But when we were colonized with the Spaniards, like, they wanted to describe the Manenangal as someone who has breasts. To, like, prove that it's female, because that's, like, yeah, a a huge thing for them. Like, your monsters are women, (laughs) so. A woman, yeah. Wow. It it was just a way for them to scare the natives to joining... Christianity. Their religion, Christianity, yeah. They saw how scared the people were of the Manenangal, so they were like, oh, um, you can use the crosses to scare them off and, and stuff like that. Oh, so like it's like a tool of the colonizer, basically. Can we use the stingray tail to scare off the colonizers? <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for that. We should have tried that. <laughs> that could actually work, because, I mean, it hurts if you, like, hit them. Yeah. <laughs> I've never tried to actively whip someone with a stingray tail, but now I kind of want to try it. (laughs) (laughs) There are actually, like, stuff for sale. Like, I was browsing through, like, um, a local online shop here. And then, like, it suggested the stingray tail, like, anti-Mananangal weapon. And then it was a stingray tail. I was like, huh? It's not online. <laughs> you can get anything online. I bet Menengal can order fetuses online. Wow. <laughs> I bet there's like fetus seamless online. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. It's just add to cart. <laughs> there's a need for it. They work during the day. They might be like a human resources director or something. And then at night, they just want to come home and eat some fetus. It's like, who's on maternity leave right now? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And this went real dark real fast. (laughs) 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 Kalai, what about you? What's one of your favorite monsters? Mm, So mine is, she's also from the Philippines. And I'm pretty sure, Nikki, you were also scared of this monster when, when you were a kid. So she's called Lily. Her description, she's like everything. <laughs> she can be a Mananangal and she can also be a white lady. And there's not much known about her because she's very like 
she's only found here in Cebu, where we're, we're from. It's, it's like an island in the middle of the Philippines. And um, it was wild when we were younger because there were stories that she was like a traveling monster. So people were like, oh, she's now in this town. And people would get scared, like especially kids, because she was used by the parents to scare us to sleep early <laughs> and then like it eventually became a huge thing like people were like oh this person got killed maybe lily killed this person like she suddenly became a serial killer for some reason like she became a murderer <laughs> and stuff like that so she's not really like like a specific creature she's more on like an entity that people are like associating her with fear so She's probably my favorite because I used to be so scared of her when I was a kid. <laughs> when you say a white woman, do you mean like as in a white person or like a woman in white, like a ghostly woman who appears in white? A person wearing white. We call them white lady. So they're just basically people wearing white dresses, like ghosts in white. I love how Jen is like, are we talking a Karen or what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could be. We absolutely could be. But I just wanted to double check. <laughs> <laughs> she's kind of like um I, I, if you guys seen the ring um she's kind of like samara or sadako so she kind of could be like that like i watched the ring and then i had to like cover all my tvs and mirrors for like a month and i saw that like i was too old to have that reaction <laughs> <laughs> it was so scary <laughs> it messed with my brain <laughs> I was kind of like that would shudder. Like I wouldn't. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but it was this. Um, was it Thai or Taiwanese movie um, where the ghost would sit on top of his shoulders and like no one saw, but he was like wondering why he suddenly got so heavy without even like gaining weight, you know. And then when they started flashing pictures, they saw that there was a lady on his shoulder. After that movie, I was like, I don't want to take pictures at all. <laughs> is that based on a real mythological like creature or is that unique to the movie? She she's still a white lady. Like it, it, I feel like that's an Asian thing that our ghosts are the they wear white. <laughs> and for some reason it scares us. The scariest part is the white dress. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, like there is like a classification of ghosts in Western ghost mythology that is, as I said, the women, a woman in white, and it is a woman always dressed in white mm. who is usually tied to some kind of death of her children, wants to haunt children, something like that. Um, but yes, it, they're also just all in white, <laughs> which for some reason is equally scary. <laughs> yeah, it's it's true. Like, I think the Banshee has ties to the woman in white in like continental Europe, like in France. There's one called, I don't know, maybe it's La Blanche or something like that in France that the white basically. There's La Girona, who is in white. Um, and then um, I think some of it may go, sometimes it goes back to like, this is a woman who was newly married, who has died and was buried in their wedding dress. I think sometimes in burials at, in different times, women were buried in white. Were you still talking about Lily? She sounds terrifying, though. Like, she can shapeshift? Yeah, she is just sort of like a shapeshifter. 
or I feel like the parents at that time were like, whatever you're scared of, that's her. (laughs) 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 So that's how she became a shapeshifter. (laughs) So, yeah. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Helena Bonham Carter, and for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. Who is a fearsome female monster uh, who you feel is misunderstood and gets a bad rap? Yeah. <laughs> I feel like all of them, um, but there's this specific ghost uh, from Indonesia. Her name is Wewe Gombel. Her name's funny, but she's from the Javanese mythology. Her backstory is that she was like in a loving relationship and then they found out that she can't have kids and her husband started to ignore her and then ended up cheating on her and then she caught her husband with another woman and then killed them and then she was chased by the neighbors and then because she was so like distraught because she was like continually being harassed for being a murderer as you know as one does so yeah she sorry trigger warning she like took her own life and then she became a vengeful spirit or like they labeled her as a vengeful spirit and then local folklore say that she abducts children that have been mistreated or neglected and then she takes care of them like a grandmother would and then until their parent the, the parents of the children repent then she would return them so i don't condone the murder stuff and the kidnapping stuff but um i feel like she's misunderstood because i you don't really hear men that are labeled as monsters, even though there are plenty of men that murder their wives and kidnap children. But you rarely hear stories of them, you know, being labeled as like vengeful spirits or monsters. Like it's always women in Asia, <laughs> specifically Asia. I don't know if in the West it's the same. Uh, I don't know. Most of the examples I can think of in Western mythology, it, it works like you said, like the women are demonized for things that they do that isn't necessarily their fault or that is actually the fault of a man. Medea comes to mind. La Llorona comes to mind. La Llorona has this this background where she, I think she drowns her children um, because her lover rejects her and marries somebody else. La Llorona, there's, there's even more darkness to it because in the colonial tradition, it's possible that if the father of the, if it was a Spanish father, sometimes it is in the case of La Llorona, they could decide that they want to take the children from the mother and the mother then has no right to raise the children in their culture and in their heritage because there was obviously mm-hmm. a horrible mm-hmm. colonial attitude that is 
very false about like um, you know women who indigenous women not being able to raise their children proper, properly or be proper mothers. So it's it's mm. real dark. And this to me, it's about a woman's a woman's infertility, right? It's about this infertility of this this couple being mm. really placed firmly on the woman. I mean, not on the dude. Mm. Didn't look like he had a lot of kids, even though he was obviously trying. Yeah. Um, and then really putting that weight <laughs> onto a woman. It shows a lot of the fear I think they have with reproduction and a lot of that sort of to me that the ability to carry on your line and when a woman is no longer useful it's real dark i mean this happened in other cultures that are like you know other monsters that we found too there were a few that where the woman becomes a vengeful spirit after being rejected by a man or hyohima yeah she becomes a giant snake i still say the monk had it coming yeah he did he's a jerk (laughs) yeah it's usually like women are always viewed as like a caretaker stuff like that we can't mess up so if we go the other way we're suddenly like bad 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 and we're suddenly labeled as monsters so who made that (laughs) who decided that (laughs) dudes can do it we generally don't like it but they're not literally demonized right yeah (laughs) yeah i noticed that like there are so many like we we already know like especially in true crime if the wife dies it's always the husband that always did it but we never hear like stories about men you know turning into monsters or like scary spirits and stuff like that like we just accept the fact that they're like that like yeah, but think about it. There is the the term for a woman who murders her husband is a black widow, right? But there are tons mm. of men who murder their wives, numerous wives. We don't have like a black widower name for them, right? They don't have their own name based on a on a scary spider. We're demonizing female serial killers and multiple spousal killers, which again, I'm not agreeing that that's okay, but we don't have the same name or feeling for men who do exactly the same thing. It's even like they men are like they have fans while women are they receive the opposite reaction it's actually scary because like sometimes it also inspires other people to be a serial killer Mm. because they look up to these guys why what is the thought (laughs) process here (laughs) right it's like this is not a goal that you should have Whereas I don't feel like there's a lot of females who are out there idolizing female serial killers. I could be wrong, but I just don't think that's the case. I feel like studying mythology, I've gotten to this point where I'm sort of like, well, you know, I guess it's wrong to kill your family, but... (laughs) (laughs) I mean... Speaking of (laughs) problematic (laughs) attitudes towards serial killing. (laughs) When we're living in this time period, it's definitely wrong. And also, have you heard about moving away from your family? (laughs) You heard about putting an ocean or a couple continents between you and your family and working out your issues first. That is so true. Nikki, what about you? I would go for the, we call it batibat, which is... Like a sleep paralysis demon. This is also still from the Philippines. And this demon is like a... It's an ancient demon that's grotesquely obese and lives in a tree. And she doesn't really attack you unless you sleep on her tree or you cut it down for whatever reason. And I feel like... She is misunderstood because honestly, she doesn't even like do anything to you unless you come into her territory and touch her stuff. And I feel like it's just like putting boundaries 
you know, <laughs> she's got good boundaries. Look, I would, I would absolutely paralyze you in your sleep if you knock. <laughs> oh, and the way she does that too is so strange because she sits on your chest while you sleep, so you suffocate until you die, basically. She was actually featured in one of Netflix series called Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. It took me a very long time to understand that they were referring to that because they they said the name weird. <laughs> Wait, how did they say it versus how it is actually said? Uh, so they they say batty bat, <laughs> batty bat, and how the locals say it is batty bat. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just like really Americanized it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, have any of you guys ever had sleep paralysis? Because it is pretty terrifying. Yeah, it is. It's like I want to wake up, but I can't. Like, what is this? <laughs> I can't move. I've had it, and I talk. I talk about this in the vampires episode that we did, where we were talking about various ancient vampires from like ancient cultures, like Mesopotamia and Rome and Greece and stuff. And there was a sleep paralysis one too. And we kind of went down this rabbit hole of like, what is sleep paralysis? What does it feel like? All kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, it's it's something that I don't want other people to experience really. Because I don't know. I've had it a couple times, and <laughs> I think for not. me, like. When I know what's happening, I'm like, oh, this is actually really interesting. I can't move my body. Like, I'm I'm down to not have this, not be interested or fascinated by it. I just don't have it happen, please. And thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what country that you've covered do you think has the scariest monsters? And what's a prime example? Actually, what, when I first thought about it, I thought I was going to say Philippines, but then it's more like, a bias towards the experiences because like growing up you just know you're terrified of those things mm. but then as we covered more i would say it's the japanese because it's like so diverse like they have this one entity which is called the um kuchisake ona that's her name oh. and she's like this woman with a slit face so kind of like joker and she covers it with a mask and she goes around like asking random people, am I beautiful? And if you say no, then she kills you. If you say yes, she shows you her face. And if you scream, you die. And if you still say, yeah, I think you're pretty, then she slits your face just like hers. And to me, I feel like you can't win with this. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrifying. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's why I think it's like th there's this next level, at least with ours. We know how to protect ourselves and kind of like, oh, I know I can kill you. So there's a 50 50 chance I'd survive this. But with them, it's like, mm, I'm not really sure. <laughs> there's no way to word this off at all. Yeah. Like, and you know what it is, too, because I like Japanese horror, I find to be utterly terrifying. Yeah. And I think I think that what it is for me, um, and I'm not like a, you know, expert on the genre, it's just, you yeah. know, various things that I've seen. It, there's this uncanny valley mindfuckery that goes on. <laughs> and this true. is a prime example of that to me. <laughs> Intense plot twist you don't even know. I also think like something about it, too, is like, you're always primed with horror movies, like, or at least I am, and I'm a massive horror film fan but like you always kind of want to go into it with like there's a that 50 50 shot right like you might be able to survive this but a lot of times with japanese horror like you can't 
Nope. If you are in this situation, <laughs> you might as well just like count yourself out. A lot of times in Japanese horror, you know, you kind of stumble into these problems and you, you don't have the control of like, oh, I shouldn't have gone into the, to that abandoned mental hospital, you know, trope or <laughs> that I shouldn't have moved into the, the Amityville house. I, I did read in the paper that something bad happened there. <laughs> And it was quite funny when we covered her as well, because initially we were like, oh, I don't think this is going to be any issue because no one wears a mask. <laughs> but then COVID happened. And now we're like, hmm, now we don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm going to be scared to go on the subway after this. Right. She could be anyone, basically. It's just like, don't look. <laughs> I'm just going to put my headphones on and refuse to talk to anyone. Oh, wait. Actually, that's how you that's how you protect yourself. From her. Just like, don't say anything. Don't answer her. Just ignore her. Oh, well, I'm from New York. I'm good at ignoring people who say weird things to me on the subway. (laughs) (laughs) Kalai, what about you? Uh, I have to agree. (laughs) Japanese monsters are scary. They're very random. Like, they have one that's like an umbrella monster. Like, why are you a monster? You're an umbrella. (laughs) And then there's... (laughs) It's just a spirit that decided to possess an umbrella. <laughs> That's it. And then if you accidentally use it, because it hangs out with the other umbrellas where, you know, you put the umbrellas. If you accidentally use it, then you're dead. <laughs> they're, they're random that way. They even have, like, the um, toilet paper monster where it, if it's, like, if you get the red toilet paper then a hand comes out of the toilet and then kills you. So you you can't tell <laughs> if this is your time to go because they usually appear in like rooms that have red lighting. So you can't tell that the toilet paper is red. If you accidentally get it, then you're dead. So they're random that way. <laughs> I mean, as someone who lives in the UK, this umbrella monster, does it travel? I'm very worried. <laughs> An invasive species in the UK, Jen. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a raincoat monster? I'm guessing it's never like a boring day in Japan. Every day is like, mm, am I going to die today? Or <laughs> I might have to use some toilet paper. I had better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to bring your own. <laughs> Or just everywhere a bidet. (laughs) Sometimes it's a good thing to have just something that you can use in case it's red or there is none. Once you enter a room and the lights are red, you're like, I got my own tissue paper. (laughs) (laughs) It makes me think, like, how did they even come up with these things? Like, how did it even start? I'm interested in the psychology of these mundane things like toilet paper or umbrellas being so cursed or haunted or evil. Like, what does that tell us about the sort of way that the culture looks at life and how how quickly things can change, you know, and how how really kind of scary and short and fleeting it is? I don't know. There's a lot of urban legends about rats in your toilet and things coming out of your toilet in New York. So I can see the the horror <laughs> of somebody sticking a hand up from there and like grabbing your insides or something. Like I I think I get it. Like I can get how the this thought process happens. I mean, I know an actual quite quite scary story that is not it's not an urban legend, it's a real story. It happened to someone my father-in-law knew. <laughs> it's a story of a guy who went into the men's room. He went to 
use the toilet. And he wound up stuck to the toilet because someone oh. put super glue on the toilet seat. <laughs> Is that a, I thought that was like just like a prank people pull on each other in like grade school. Yeah, and this happened to an adult. <laughs> That's insane. In a pub. <laughs> That's so scary. How do you even call for help? It's like, I'm sorry, I'm stuck in the toilet. But who even thinks to check the toilet? Like, that it's not, doesn't have, like, anything, like, on it, you know? I don't know. I do because I'm very, like, paranoid about that, but dudes are gross. That's a good point. <laughs> like, did you not notice there's, like, stuff on yeah. the toilet? Like- <laughs> I don't know. Put a little bit of paper towel down first. I mean, I think the point of this was he was probably very drunk because he was in a pub. That makes sense. Sometimes monsters are less scary and more hilarious. What's a monster you've covered that makes you die laughing? Speaking of hilarious monsters. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So we've covered some that are like R-rated. Yes, hit us with it. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say the one that we laughed the most was with Kappa, which is a Japanese monster. <laughs> so it it's a mixture of like a, f- a frog that has a bird beak and webbed fingers. And then it has a dish on top of its head. It, it kind of looks like, you know, those priests, Portuguese priests that have like um a bald spot. Like a tonsure. Oh, yeah. The friars, like the Francescan friars. Yeah, the monks. Yeah, yeah, that that one. They kind of have that, but it's a dish. They need to, like, put water on it or else they would, like, dry up. They're basically, like, river monsters in Japan. And to this day, if you go to Japan, there are rivers. Not all rivers, but there are some rivers in Japan that have signs that kappas could exist in this place. And the thing that's funny about them is that they love to get a person's source of life which the Japanese believe are found in your anus. Like the prostate? No, because men and women have it. They describe it as like the pearl of life. It's found in your anus. So what they do is when somebody is like fishing or like standing near the river, swimming, they're suddenly like, hey, hey, what? What? really getting it just a tad bit yeah. <laughs> a tad bit handsy oh no that's their thing i mean it does get dark like they do like kill people but before <laughs> the, that's their main thing like they love butts like that's their main thing <laughs> there are ancient like illustrations in japan where they they're trying to grab someone's butt so they're obsessed with butts (laughs) i mean i have so many thoughts (laughs) that's incredible (laughs) oh don't they have a sushi named after them because they like cucumbers oh yeah sushis that have cucumbers on on top of them are, are called like Kappa Makis. And they're also, by the way, I forgot, they're also obsessed with farts, too. Well, that totally makes sense. (laughs) They like that bum. Yes. (laughs) There's this thing in in Japan, if you get all gassy, they say that, oh, like, that's a kappa thing. You better watch out because the kappa might go after you. (laughs) The kappas are certainly. (laughs) (laughs) Can they get to you outside of a river? Yeah, they can. They can walk <laughs> as long as they have water to pour on, like, the dish on their heads. The their toilet. Heads. I mean, 
They could partner with the toilet paper ghost. Maybe they have like a secret deal going on. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know where the prime anuses are. <laughs> All you have to do is get through the pipes. <laughs> the Japanese are very creative with their creatures, actually, because they also have this other thing they call the tanuki, which is like a raccoon dog with really saggy testicles. <laughs> <laughs> just a poor old dog (laughs) so that's the thing there's actually a real raccoon dog in japan and they're called tanuki yeah without the saggy testicles but (laughs) but the monster monsters that they have are the ones that have these saggy testicles that they can use to like turn into a raincoat (laughs) (laughs) see now i can't even wear raincoats (laughs) <laughs> Jen's like, is there a raincoat monster? Yes, Jen, there is. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. And it's made out of saggy balls. <laughs> yeah, they even turn into boats. That's how stretchy they are. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the balls are like shape-shifty balls. Yeah, that, that's what they are. <laughs> they, they have creative stuff when it comes to... Um, avoiding the rain. <laughs> you, I think you get the choice between balls and the killer umbrella. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> what would you go with, you guys? I think I would choose the balls. It's not going to kill me. Or is it? I'd rather um, stay in the rain. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't even think about that as an option. What about ponchos? Do they have killer rain ponchos? Imagine that it's really raining. <laughs> <laughs> I would go with it probably with a hmm, with the tanuki as long as it keeps me alive. <laughs> I think they're quite useful because I mean, when it starts to flood, then it can turn into a boat. That could even be life saving. <laughs> bad enough, you want one of those saggy ball raccoon dogs yeah. to help you out. <laughs> if I ever go to Japan, I'm going to remember this travel hack. <laughs> Just look for the raccoon dogs. Are you the magic one? (laughs) I'm like inspecting the testicles of all the raccoon dogs that I come across. (laughs) It's like, may I check? I don't think you'll miss it. Because it's like huge and stretchy. (laughs) If it's the one, you'll know. (laughs) And they do have like shrines dedicated to tanukis. And you can tell that these are the Tanuki shrines because the Tanukis are very cute. But then when you look down, you're like, um, no, thank you. <laughs> Next, please. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like if I did go around inspecting all of their balls, I might get arrested. Like, yeah, it's like, not appropriate. What is this lady doing? <laughs> <laughs> Why is this white lady ex- inspecting the balls of our fauna? <laughs> I'm like, what if there's a flood? What what if there's a flood? Oh my god. And then there's also another one. Um <laughs> was, was she from Malaysia or Indonesia? I think she was from Malaysia. Her name is Hantu Tetek. So she's uh, a ghost with like huge breasts. She goes out at night and then she tries <laughs> to like seduce men. Um, not, well, she doesn't really seduce men. She, like, asks for help. And then if the man is, like, if they start to get handsy, she kills them using her breasts. Like, she suffocates them to death. Well, to be fair, 
I feel really, really seen and called out right now. (laughs) I mean, like, to be fair, she doesn't do that unless they get handsy, though, right? Yeah, yeah. So we're on her side. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) This is reasonable. (laughs) Exactly. We're here for her. This is one where I say, you know, it is bad to kill people, but... But... but. (laughs) I mean, the punishment does fit the crime here, right? Like, they're getting what they wanted. Yeah. (laughs) Like, oh, you want dem titties? I'll give you dem Dem titties. Dem titties are here. (laughs) (laughs) Like, her name literally is translated to nipple ghost, so that's that's what she's known as. What is a ghost story you've covered on your podcast that still gives you nightmares? Oh my god. Oh my god. I immediately thought of shadow people. So we called them anino, which basically just translates to shadow people. And the reason why I'm so afraid of these guys is because I have had an experience back home with them. Yeah. So <laughs> I was, oh I was like, having oh, goosebumps just like thinking about it (laughs) every time I tell this story and I keep like telling this to my friends every time I tell it I just shiver and have goosebumps because okay so my room back home had this like couch facing the door and like behind the door was like a coat rack where my mom would put her bag in and one day she was like, hey, can you grab my bag for me? So I went up. I didn't even bother to turn on the lights. This was evening. I didn't bother to turn on the lights because I knew I could just kind of grab the bag from behind the door and go. And so when I opened the door, I saw this like figure sitting on the couch. And I thought to myself, like, oh, maybe my mind is just playing tricks on me. I'm just like seeing things. And I proceed to, like, reach in to grab the bag, and the figure starts to crouch and kind of, like, crawl towards me. No, 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 so, no, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> I just, like, ran downstairs, and my mom is like, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, oh, I got scared. I never told her about it because I felt like she wouldn't, believe me and honestly like she got pissed off because i never got the bag priorities <laughs> i i know right fucking terrifying yeah that's why these guys i'm 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 so scared of them because they're basically just like figures they're just shadows mm. and you don't even know like whether or not it's a regular shadow or is this something else this is like flat on the ground looks like a shadow no so it's like a it's like a silhouette. So it's just a figure. It was sitting on the couch. I really thought like there was someone there, but I knew that no one could be in my room. That's why I just proceeded to try and grab the bag. But then it crouched and started to crawl towards me. So I was just like, <laughs> nope, I'm eating. Bye. <laughs> The worst part is I proceeded to stay in that room until I was like, 
I don't know, 20 something. Oh no. I had to live with that. <laughs> I never told them. Yeah, we had to sleep over in her room and then she didn't tell us until after. Did you ever see it again? A couple of times, actually. It would just be standing. And the weird thing is, I never told anyone. And then my sister um, also told me like, oh, by the way, I've been having these creepy experiences in the room. And the things that she described are exactly the things that I would see in the room as well. So that's why I'm so freaked out because how could that be? That's incredible. So what what do these things do? Like, are they kind of vampiric or? So they say it's more like a poltergeist wherein, well, it's not always that they do something to you, but if you do end up meeting the ones that are actually bad omens, then bad mm. stuff tends to happen. I haven't heard of death relating to them, but they would usually like cause bad luck misfortunes or like yeah bad luck injuries and all that i think i've heard like a a mythology or i don't know where what country this is from i think i've just kind of seen things like this in movies where like um there's like a shadow shadow being or shadow people or something that like accumulate where something bad is about to happen is it like that i think it's kind of similar so the thing is no one really talks about these things they kind of just like exist but i feel like it also shares the same characteristics as the ones that are from other countries because they're technically just like yeah they're basically just like shadows that is possibly one of the scariest ghost stories I've ever. <laughs> <laughs> so horrifying i used to like cry every time like i i share this story i used to cry i'm better at it now but i still like get the goosebumps at least i don't tear up anymore <laughs> I got goosebumps too. <laughs> when you said it crouched and crawled toward you. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Nope. Nope. I don't even want to remember. I kind of started to believe in feng shui after that. Cause I asked my mom to rearrange the furniture in the room after that. Cause I just could not bear opening the door and seeing the couch, whether or not something or someone was sitting there. And when we, rearranged the furniture i kind of saw Mm. that less interesting okay (laughs) clear the energies (laughs) kalai what about you (laughs) uh so mine um there are two but there's one that i i I don't even want to say the name because i'm terrified of it so i'll just go with the second one (laughs) um nikki knows what it is because she covered the first thing that I'm terrified of. Do you want to cover it? She's so, she's so funny because like every time I try to bring this up to her, she can never say the name because that's how scared she is. She feels like she's calling. <laughs> to like, I don't even know if they're real. I just don't want to. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I don't blame you. I'm in the same camp. I'm not gonna say it. I would let Jenny do that. Jenny's not afraid of that. You say Bloody Mary three times, okay? I'm not calling for the Candyman. <laughs> if you say Plutarch three times, he appears in your mirror. We figured that out last time we recorded. Oh my god! So Kalai is afraid of the creature called Duende. This is like a dwarf 
leprechaun gnome kind of creature that lives under the earth. And they have like these magical abilities. They basically are adults in a child's body, but they have huge feet, huge nose, huge hands. So they're hobbits? Kind of, but scary. <laughs> More or less. But <laughs> the thing is, they, they hurt people. So one thing is that, especially if they live in kind of like anthills, and if you ruin those, then that's when they do something to you. When you offend them or you hurt them. And they do these things wherein you kind of fall ill. It's usually you get a really bad rash or Boils. you just get like really, really sick. And you can't get cured by a regular doctor. You have to basically go to a shaman or a witch doctor to cure you. And sometimes that doesn't even work. So they have to perform rituals or you have to like give offerings to these creatures to kind of appease them and be like, oh, I'm really sorry for what I did. Can you kind of stop this now? Yeah. And they sometimes even fall in love with people, mm. which scares me because they get obsessed. So that's why I'm like, I don't even want to talk about them. <laughs> no, I agree. So you don't, you don't want to attract the interest of one. <laughs> so the second one that I'm terrified of is a monster from Indonesia. They're, no, from Malaysia. Their name is Orang Minyak. So the literal translation is an oily man. And why I don't like him... I kind of had nightmares when I when we first when I first started researching about him is because like his main personality is that he rapes women. That's like his whole thing. So the reason why he's oily is because he kind of like uh, traded his soul to a shaman, and then oils start to come out of his pores. So whenever there are cops or like people that try to catch him, he can just slip through their hands because he's so oily and he doesn't leave like um, footprints behind. Like he doesn't have oil prints behind, even on the doorknobs or anything like that. So and he mainly targets women. So that's why I'm like, I don't want this thing to be real. And in Malaysia, they still believe in him. And there have been cases that, you know, um, rapists that use the the tactic of the Orang Minyak, where they cover themselves in like, um, grease and like the the black grease, and then like go in and attack women. So there, there are like actual um, people that have been caught that were doing those things like copying the myth of the orang minya so that's why i'm afraid of him <laughs> i mean that is terrifying but also that is like just a dude yeah. like a dirty dude <laughs> it is a dude <laughs> you know the most terrifying monster is man yeah that's true <laughs> that's true and a way to like um ward him off is to surround yourself with men's clothing that have been that have like the smell of men that's also something that i'm afraid of like i don't want my room to smell like dude same no, no. <laughs> no like stinky dude 
That's a way to like protect yourself <laughs> to like create a circle around you of clothes that have been sweated on by men. So it's oh. bad all around. <laughs> My room is smelling like a man's locker room. It's just not I'm not here for yeah. that. No. No. <laughs> But I feel like it says so much about society. You know how the only way you can protect yourself as a woman is to be Mm. around men or like masculinity or something like that. Like men only respect men. Yeah. Yeah. And also a female living on her own and having her own agency is threatening. Mm. The only way in which she can be safe is if she is protected by a man. Yeah. Like... You know, God forbid a single woman should have any agency. It's funny. I actually live by myself. And when I moved into the apartment that I live in now, um, everybody in my life was telling me that. They're like, yo, you have to have a roommate. You can't just live by yourself. And I'm just like, no, (laughs) I'm going to live by myself. I don't want a boyfriend. I don't want a roommate. And and people don't say that to men. Exactly. You know, people don't say, oh, you, you can't live by yourself. It's not safe to men. But, like, the idea that, like, we need to depend on other people to keep, specifically men, to keep us safe is a big thing. My mom was the same with me. And the only reason why I have housemates is because I can't afford my own place. (laughs) That's basically it. (laughs) So let's talk female serial killers in Southeast Asia. You cover a lot of them on your show. Who's one serial killer that you've covered that has you double-checking that you locked your doors at night? The thing about female serial killers in Asia, especially in Southeast Asia, the media doesn't, they don't really, like, cover them, so not a lot is known about these serial killers. But there's one that I would love to cover, but we can't because, again, there isn't, like, a lot of information about her. So her name, she's from Japan again. Japan is, like on our minds now um i think we'd established <laughs> japan is the creepiest country like <laughs> yeah so her name is um sachiko eto um she's known as the drumstick killer and she's a cult leader and a serial killer who like committed her crimes from 1994 to 1995 so she's like a self-claimed guru and as someone who has worked for a guru before, that's like a red flag. I have so many questions. <laughs> it was against my will to work for him. But... <laughs> so <laughs> she claimed to have psychic abilities, um, and then she killed several of her cult members because of a like ritual. She believed that she was like exercising demons out of them and then she called her victims ugly devils and then she killed them using taiko sticks or the drumsticks for those japanese drums and she was eventually like executed in 2012 there isn't like details as to how she killed them it's just that she used the taiko sticks that's all so i find her scary because she's she seems like she's a person who's very manipulative. And when you look at her, she's like the regular grandma, like Japanese grandma. And she even had her followers like commit murders with her. Like she had four accomplices and she like convinced them to do those things with her. So that's why I'm like scared of her because <laughs> she's. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
She's scary. She sounds terrifying. Yeah. So the taiko sticks, those are like really big drumsticks, right? Am I thinking of the right thing? Yeah, that's the one. So she probably like bashed their head or something. The Japanese don't really like to specify the details when it comes to especially serial killers. They usually just say it's too horrifying to yeah. to share that. All the true crime fans in Japan are like, au contraire. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> we would love to learn. <laughs> Please tell us the details. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nikki, what about you? I'm actually still thinking because most of the killers that we um, covered would be cult leaders, I would say. And they would do more of massacre than serial killing. So the one that I could think of right now is this Korean cult leader named Park Soon-ja. And she was known for the Odeyang, um mass suicide. I know this one. <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's so wild because like she killed, I believe, 33 members, including her children and herself. So it's like she killed everybody and herself. <laughs> Most of the dead were found with their hands and feet tied together, and a cloth was um, stuck in their, uh, sorry, it was tied to their neck, and their noses, I believe, were stuffed, including their mouths. So they, they were, like, suffocated. It's not really known which came first, but that's how they were found, and the bodies were, like, stacked together. That is really chilling. So, And most of her followers were like the homeless people. Like, you know that they were kind of looking for a safe haven in this cult. They kind of found like family. Yeah. And then this is where they end up. That's horrifying. And I was just thinking like if a lot of the serial killers that you talk about are actually cult leaders, you know, like the obvious solution is don't join the cult. But if you are a homeless person and you're looking for a safe place to be and the cult provides you with a place to stay and some food it's like actually this is like one of the few choices that you might have i i also think people who people who get drawn into cults like it, it's called a cult of personality for a reason right mm. like a lot of times by the time you are in deep in the cult, you're like, I may be too far down this rabbit hole. You, it doesn't happen all at once, yeah. right? You know, That's true. Um, not not to compare religion to cults because they are not necessarily the same. But like, I grew up very religious, and it was only when I was a little bit older that I started asking questions like, "But why do we do that? And why is that the rule?" And you kind of realize like, "Oh, this whole time I've just been going along with it." I, I do think at a certain point in time, like, you do you have to go like, "Wait, you want to brand me?" Wait a minute, you want to control, I'm thinking of the Nexium culture, you want to control exactly how many calories I eat all day? But it started as like a self-improvement, self-help kind of like thing. And all of a sudden, then you're like, I'm now in a cult. I think it was the same for Odeyang too, because she started a charity and she was also involved in another cult. The reason why the police believe that she did what she did was that she was under investigation for the missing funds of the other cult. So she was like in hot water and they believe that she persuaded her followers to end it because maybe she didn't want to do it alone. <laughs> um, that is really scary, actually. Like somebody who has the ability to manipulate that many people to do that with you. I'm just thinking about other things that we've covered that are a little bit similar to that. For example, the Emperor Nero 
when his reign was ending, he went to take his own life and he was um, he was in this house that his friend had trying to persuade everybody that he brought with him to take their own lives with him. And everyone was like, not it. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, if you could just like, if you could just take your own life first, it would give me the courage to take my own life. And everyone was like. Yeah, but we're not the problem. You're the problem. They're not necessarily coming to kill us. I'm guessing he wasn't as charismatic as he thought he was. (laughs) I mean, what's your first clue? (laughs) Thank you for this opportunity. I'm going to have to. (laughs) Yeah, because people are like, no, thank you. This might be kind of a hard question to answer because, as you've said, it's it's hard to find coverage of some of the female serial killers out there. But um, is there a common thread to how women serial killers are covered in the media that's different from male serial killers? Like, are the men covered more in more detail? I would think so. Because, I mean, like, we get to find more information. Because the thing is, what we have trouble searching for are serial killers in southeast asia per se regardless of whether they're men or women but if we look at it say with western i don't hear as much serial female serial killers as i do with male serial killers do you think it's because a lot of times not to be awful i apologize before i say this but do you think (laughs) do you think because it's a lot of times female serial killers are a little less flashy and awful like they tend to be more like poisoners insurance scams like making their their body counts like Mm. pile up in a way that suits their needs and isn't necessarily about their need for disgusting horrible abuse and and you know grossness that's a great theory like this the female serial killers are just less abusive <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, obviously. I mean, there, there are, there are some who are very abusive. I'm thinking of the one that Charlize Theron won her Oscar for. Who now I can't remember. Eileen. Eileen Warno. Warnos. <laughs> yeah, who was who was quite brutal and quite you know she was, mm-hmm. and I do think that it is underreported. But maybe it's it is because they just <laughs> they're just quieter. I think so, too. Like, men usually act on how they're feeling, whereas with women, we're more like, I want to calculate my move first. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's more strategic, which kind of goes against the whole idea of, you know, like, there's the whole mythology around women who kill, right? Which is, like, she transforms into a demon, and she's motivated by rage and hate, and that makes her this, like, really scary monster or whatever. When perhaps it's the opposite. Yeah. Um, one thing I noticed too, as how as to how like the Asian media covers female serial killers, there's no sympathy like compared to the male serial killers. Like there's a case. Her name is Junko Ogata. They're kind of a duo serial killer um she was like an accomplice the main serial killer was futoshi matsunaga and then they're suspected to kill seven to nine people and then they were only convicted of killing seven and then again not much is known about the case because you know japanese government they don't want to but all they they said about it was that this case is without comparison and the criminal history of japan 
the people don't know is that she was heavily abused by Futoshi Matsunaga, like her boyfriend. She was basically threatened to to do a lot of stuff. But they never covered that, that she was abused. They never covered the fact that she grew up feeling, not to like give an excuse to what she did, but when it comes to male serial killers, they... There's always a backstory. They they look into, yeah, they look into their past. There's a backstory or almost like looking for a reason or something to blame their behavior on. While women, you know, they're just viewed as bad. Like, they kill their family. They're, they're supposed to take care of their family, but they're not. So they're bad. That's it, period. That That's usually how they cover female serial killers in Asia. I don't know if it's the same in... And no, it's the same in the West. I was just thinking about that. Like, if you've got a Black Widow killer, she, there's no sympathy. And if you've got uh, sort of a partners in crime killers like Fred and Rosemary West or the Ken and Barbie killers, there's not a lot of sympathy for the woman involved. And sometimes there shouldn't be. Like, sometimes it, it is just an evil person. I think there's this rationalization that we try to make, whether it's a man or a woman, as to why you would do these awful things, like these things that seem so out of human character. And I think that's part of why we try so hard to understand the, was there something that happened in your backstory that made you this? I do think a lot more time is spent on on the male, the male sort of narrative of that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And some of it is because there just are less female serial killers who are, I would say, of that sort of brutal caliber. And a lot of times they do work in partners. There's a lot of female serial killers who are poisoners. There's a lot of like uh, nurses who, uh, not not many nurses, but a lot of female killer, serial killers that we know of in the West. Sometimes they tend to gravitate towards professions like nursing or caring because you can do a lot of poisoning that way. And a lot of female serial killers choose like poison as their weapon. And they're very successful. They get away with it for a long time. Nurses deserve all the money in the world. They are the lifeblood of all countries. I'm just saying about serial killers. Yeah. Well, not getting away with it, but I agree that's why they, um, the female serial killers aren't really covered because they poison people and I feel like people think that they can see that pattern and they can, they think that they can avoid it. There isn't like a lot of shock factor. I, I don't like that term, but you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> that's why they're not really covered. In a horrible way, there isn't a sexiness to it. You know what I mean? The horribleness about true crime, about crime fiction a lot of times, about the stories that we choose to tell is it's built on like the covers with the dead woman on the, on the, on the front, right? There's a dead woman, a dead body. It's, there isn't that sort of taboo-breaking, illicit, gore, transcendent factor. And as a result, we're like, yeah, but I could see poisoning my husband. And you're like, Okay, don't don't immediately go there, but sure. But it's like the other stuff I don't get. I mean, poisoning is more yeah. relatable, realistically. Yeah. <laughs> Who among us has not considered it? I mean, as I've told my husband many times, I'm like, DNA and video cameras and everything. Like, I don't think I could plan to murder you, so I think you're safe. <laughs> that's the only reason. You're safe. I feel like that's so much labor that you're I don't... You're safe. It's too much work. So this has been so awesome. Thank you guys for coming on. 
Yeah, thank you for having us. It was so much fun. <laughs> Thanks so much for having us. Where can everybody find you guys? So you guys can check us out at um, Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcast too. We basically um, have twice a week um, episodes up and we have exclusive video content on Patreon. Um, where Where is your Patreon? patreon.com forward slash creepy convos um by the way we interview jen and jenny on our patreon so if you want more tea about their book and their podcast <laughs> you guys can find that there <laughs> that's right we'll tell you all the secrets yeah <laughs> and where can people find you on social media you can follow us on instagram at creepy conversations and then on twitter at creepy yep. convos and that's it <laughs> awesome definitely go check out their podcast it is extremely scary also extremely hilarious <laughs> it's so much fun thank you guys so much uh, thanks for being a part of our women of myth series and for shedding so much light on things i knew nothing about it's been brilliant <laughs> i'm also now terrified of the rain and of using umbrellas yes <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid of toilet paper thank you for that um <laughs> Anyway, thank you all so much for listening, and I guess we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>